Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Okay, the word is out. They're gonna talk about the VOD and the silver screen. Tom and Joe know all there is to know from masterpieces to deep fried tacos. And if the movie sucks, you might hear them say, There's no telling where the guys will take you. Get ready for a spoiler. Won't say it twice, cause we're already. Broadcasting from the lush but not lavish studios located in the basement of the O'Keefe Institute for Advanced Film Snarkitude, this is Real Spoilers, episode 623, Love and Monsters. I was going to make a bunker joke, but, you know, yeah, it seems at this point maybe. (laughs) We had a bunker before it was cool. (laughs) So uh, let's go around the virtual table and everyone can introduce themselves. This is Joe. This is Kevin. And this is Tom. Quick shameless plugs before we uh, dive in. Uh, Don't forget we're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us Uh, while you're there. Be sure and leave a review. It uh, helps us tremendously, and we greatly appreciate it. Also, uh, you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash real spoilers. While you're there, like the page, join the group. And uh, if you would be so kind is to share an episode, uh, that helps us as well. And so people who were kind enough to share an episode this week, Librarian Cynthia, Lane LeVanway, Chris Williams, Travis Tewitt, Ralph Tribble, Carl Clarkson, Gabriel Lugo, Julianne Jordan, Chris Sanders, Chris Falls, Tammy Sherman Powers, Heather Sachs, Ron Johnson, and then moving over to Twitter, the Minority Report Film Podcast, Linda Wright, Matt Neglia, geek to me Radio, In Session Film, Nerd Revert, Ronnie Castle, The Movie Journey Podcast, Mike, Mike, and Oscar, uh, Binge Movies Podcast, Feel and Film, Invasion of the Remake, and Ryan Terry from the Four is a Crowd Podcast. So thank you very much for sharing an episode. And uh, if you'd like to help us even more and you're just chomping at the bit to do so, uh, you can check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash spoilers. where for five bucks a month uh, you get all sorts of extra content and you help us out when a computer craps out. So uh, that's all that. I guess we can uh, we can dig in. You know... In, throughout this quarantine, we've had a, it's been it's been weird. It's been a weird time for I movies. Hadn't noticed, and, yeah, right. <laughs> and sometimes it's been there hasn't been a lot of there's it has there's been a lot of good stuff uh, 
Um, but sometimes something kind of sneaks up on you. And I, this one, I had seen like bits and pieces of a trailer, and it just you know I had no real interest in seeing it. And then it kind of came across us as a as a giveaway for a company, and I decided we decided we should probably give it a shot. And holy crap, what a fun! Little movie. It's gotten a lot of buzz since yeah. last year when I don't know if it ever had a theatrical release or if it was just doing the it, premium on demand. It did st- not have a theatrical release. So it okay. was originally supposed to come out on March 6th and then it got oh, pushed wow. back to April 17th. This was pre COVID. Mm-hmm. And then obviously yeah. by April, nothing was coming out. And so then I think they finally just was were like, okay, we're just going to go the VOD route. And that's okay. what they did, and so so that's so so it wasn't even in theaters, but I heard a lot of buzz from it during the VOD release, and not a ton, a ton is in you know super mainstream, but on Twitter and Facebook, and I heard you know other movie reviewers saying that it was really fun and enjoyable, and so I had heard about it, and I but you know it just I never came around to seeing it, and then uh, didn't know what the Blu-ray release situation was or whatnot, but it is now out on Blu-ray and digital, and that that contest we have so go to last week's episode just if if we've still got the contest up check the social media for it because you could possibly win a copy of this movie um but yeah it came out on blu-ray and digital now so you can watch it however and yeah i'm really glad we checked it out it reminded me a lot of if you say Shaun of the dead no Oh. Well, I mean, that's that's I was getting some, some Shaun of the Dead vibes for sure. No, that's an easy comparison and definitely a mainstream one. But I was thinking like Warm Bodies. Yeah, I that's what I that. thought too because of the romance angle. Yeah, I, I really like it when they take a romance that could be very cliche and we've seen it a million times, but then they put a spin on it. And so doing a zombie movie romance with Warm Bodies, which is really good. That's with Nicholas Holt. Um, that If you haven't seen that movie, it's excellent. Check it out. But I like how they did this one to where it's like, yeah, it's a love story. It's your basic love story. Boy meets girl, you know, boy and girl get separated by monsters. I, you know, <laughs> I just love that, though, that they take boy, this. Boy and girl get separated by a global pandemic of monsters. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, well, you know, at least this isn't, I mean, not that it was made in time, but at least this isn't actually a COVID movie because they're no, making those. God, so stupid. <laughs> I just saw, where did I, I just saw something, maybe it was on, uh, Amazon, you know, Prime or somebody Songbird. that like Netflix or maybe it was like COVID 21. And I was like, no, that's, that's Songbird. Is that what it is? Yeah. Songbird is the Michael Bay produced COVID movie. And yeah, I think they did release it straight to a streaming platform. Like Gross. it came out in theaters for a couple of weeks and then went to a, a streaming or did VOD and then went to a streaming. But mm. anyway, but I like that a lot when they take a romance movie and then they apply something and make it really clever. And this movie is very stylized, very quirky. It's cleverly written. It's very entertaining and different to where you watch it. And it just, it has that style. And I found myself while it isn't, while the production quality isn't like top tier. It's oh, not you a don't think so? Nope. It's not a $200 million movie. Right. Like, no, it's, that's, but, it's not bad. It's, it's not bad effects, but it's no, it's not amazing. It's effects. not top tier. I thought they were, but, I, th- I don't but, think but, I hold want on, hold it to on. be. <laughs> no, 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 but yeah. here's the thing. It's so well written and so enjoyable and likable that, and it is very good to where you don't even care. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm not, a, I'm a person that CG can really bother me and take me out of a movie. 
And this movie is so absolutely delightful that even though the CG isn't 100% photorealistic, it is very detailed and high quality. And I liked the movie so much to where I'm just like, yeah, these monsters fit perfectly in this movie. <laughs> and, you know? Yeah. I when, guess that's the advantage, too, though, is like you can just there's no limit, basically. So you can kind of play to your budget and the monsters weren't, you know, you had like the big frog or you had like the big worm monster, but like. You know, you had like little crickets that looked a little weird, or you had like little slugs that weren't entirely slugs. Yeah, so, it's good that they're they're warped in a way to yeah, where they you, like they you use don't have big a base. One. You don't have a basis for what those things would look like. But still, I'm, we've seen plenty of movies where there's monsters. And I you just go. I oh feel my like God. this movie would not work as well if the monsters were were photorealistic right like i i think oh that, i agree yeah. i think that part of the charm of the movie is that it there's never any real sense of danger you know what i mean like it's because it, the it, monsters are so fantastical it just this in the tone of the movie like you're I, never, never worried this guy's gonna die i never thought this guy was gonna die like it's, it's <laughs> I, and, said, I said when i when they get that dog i said i swear to god that dog better not die. It, there was and there was no way the dog was gonna die it's not that kind of a movie and it's and then that's fine like i'm not even complaining like i'm saying that like of course i i think if the if the monsters had been more grounded in reality I think then it would have made it tonally odd. So even though it probably was not like deliberately purposeful of like, let's not have as good of effects as we could. I think that that if they had, it would have actually ended up working against the movie because this movie to me a lot. A lot of it played like like an an old like 50s or 60s era B movie and like mm. I could totally see that and, and, and now it had a more tongue-in-cheek self-aware tone than those right. movies did but like but it did play as one of those and and especially like when they get to to the beach when he's fighting that crab on the beach I mean right. that looks like Ray Harryhausen stuff you it know did I mean? yeah and, and and not in a bad way and not in a bad way right yeah like, the design the designs of these monsters are really good and yeah i'm not even just talking about the cg and i still think the cg is very good but the design is i i loved it it was very very inventive the way that they created these monsters right. and all the de- little details they gave them i was the designs are great yeah absolutely and like even the way that crab moved even mm-hmm. though it wasn't stop motion, it obviously. looked like a, yeah, it had that it stop still kind of had uh-huh. a stop motion vibe yeah. to it, and so um, yeah, so I mean, I, I, yeah, it's not it fits gonna, the tone. It it absolutely fits mm-hmm. the tone, and if they had spent more time on it, I think it would have made it lesser. And if they if they get a sequel, um, I hope they don't take more money and throw it at those sorts of effects. I don't think that's where they need to be tweaking it. No, the 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 movie. I think it lives and dies on the writing because of its quirky, the tongue in cheek yeah. nature. Like you mentioned, it's the way that it's written, and we should give credit to the the writing credits are Brian Duffield for the screenplay and story, and Matthew Robinson are the two writers. It's directed by Michael Matthews, who I'm not familiar with, but they all did a fantastic job. And uh, oh, you but, know, you know who this guy? You know what this guy wrote that we liked? What do we like? Dora. Well, there you go. Well, it, did, with James Bobbin, I'm guessing, because he wrote yeah, yeah, yeah. Dora. Okay. No, but, yeah, he's the writer of Dora. He wrote Dora. James Bobbin directed it, right? Yeah, but okay. I thought he had a writing credit as well. He may have. I mean, he's he's listed as the screenplay. Okay. So Unfortunately, which, he also wrote Monster Trucks. 
<laughs> oh. So, he, well, he wrote the story. Like, apparently, oh, maybe okay. that, well, that the, got a rewrite. I thought a but... six-year-old girl wrote the story. <laughs> <laughs> I, maybe, I don't know. Maybe I he did know, a pitch. I, I dig and... the premise of it. Like, the premise of Monster Trucks is sure. pretty awesome. It should have worked. It's, it's but... just, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, oh, okay. So, yeah, Matthew Robinson is the one, because there's two I'm sorry, writers. yes. I was looking at the other guy. Okay. So, um, yeah, there's five writers on Dora. Okay. So okay. he did. And the, this guy was one of and them. And he did the screenplay. Okay. Oh, no, three are based on, so that makes sense for the TV show. Nick, uh, Nicholas Stoller and Thomas Wheeler have story credits. <laughs> so there's actually six credits. And then it's like Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah, and then it. Matthew Robinson wrote the screenplay. Okay, so he did write the screenplay for it, though. Yeah. Which, so that quirky comedy, that checks out. I'm glad you looked that up, Joe. You're 100% right. That That's the feel. I, I'm sorry, what'd you say? Uh, <laughs> I said, let's move on. Keep going. <laughs> very good. Um, okay, very good. He's going to make that so, his ringtone. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing. We love Dora because of that writing style, that quirky, tongue-in-cheek, fun you know, remember when movies mm-hmm. could just be fun. It was self-aware, but it never undermined the source material. Yes. It would have been so, so easy to go for the laughs of, like, making Dora sexy or mm-hmm. dirty or something. And it, it, it never did that. And, and uh, it yeah, it was it was a lot not of Not that fun. that couldn't work, <clears throat> Scooby-Doo. <clears throat> but <laughs> not that that couldn't work, but, yes, you don't need to do that. And this guy obviously has a very good... You know, he has a good self-awareness level to where he's able to rein those things in, make those decisions where you don't have to force a joke. You don't have to make it dirty. You don't have to do that to make it very enjoyable. And uh, no, that's a perfect example. Like Dora and The Lost City of Gold was 2019. Love and Monsters 2020. Those are both very close together. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, I would love to see this guy write more stuff like this. He's got a great radar for it. I, I think to your point about the script, I think it also really hinges on Dylan O'Brien. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. He was that, really good. He was good I don't, Maze Runner. I never saw those movies. I only saw so. the first one, but I remember yeah. liking it. I mean, it was the movie was a little exhausting just in that it was like the fifth in that series was of so, like teens yeah. in the dystopian oh, future, yeah. Blah, yeah, blah, yeah. blah. I was so tired of that, and clearly America was as well. <laughs> yeah. But, well, I mean, he got, I, like... It, he got they hurt though, right? They weren't so tired that they didn't make more of it. I mean, it's not <laughs> kept making them. They kept no, making Maze I mean, Runner just, movies, but no. But clearly, at that, uh, you know, they pumped them out pretty quick. And at that, in the next I think couple it was years, the, it the, would be the over. Chloe Grace Moritz one that put the final nail in that coffin, where they called it a day with those teen. I don't think you're movies. thinking that, right. Yeah, it's Divergent. Right. No? It's not her. Yeah. Oh, it, it's Divergent. It's what? No, she was in one too. It's that's not Chloe my point. Grace. I think it was. Well, not in Divergent. You're thinking no, she of, was not. In, there was another one after Divergent. Divergent's the one that they just gave up With on because Shailene Woodley. Yes, yeah. because it was going to be a movie, then it was going to be a TV show, then they were like, <laughs> "Nope, yeah, never mind." <laughs> yeah, because I take it back. Yeah, because Shailene Woodley was like, "Oh, you're going to turn it turn it into a TV show? Good luck with that." Yeah. <laughs> I'll see you later. She's like, my contract doesn't say that I'm doing that, so you can go f yourself. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, thank you. Uh, yeah, and this is a we've seen this kid a bunch. Um, but I thought I'm not familiar with him at all. I've never seen. So he was on Teen Wolf. Never saw that. He played Scott's best friend Styles on on Teen Wolf. But then he was also in a movie called, um, it's the one where Michael Keaton is kind of like a a secret CIA guy, and he drafts this kid. Oh, American Assassin. Yes. Which is fine. Like it was. It was just. It was like a. 
airport novel that. of an action movie. It's I, not bad. I think I've skipped the podcast for every Dylan O'Brien movie until this one. <laughs> we I was just waiting. We didn't do an episode on American oh, we Assassin. Oh, we God. did not. Because no. I've never seen it. Yeah. We must have just talked about it before. I think Joe talked about it. So Could have. I've never se- I don't know if I've ever seen a movie with... I mean, apparently he's the voice of Bumblebee who doesn't he talk. Is, yeah. so, no, he um, talks at the end of Bumblebee. Oh, so at the very end, he says one yeah. word or something. Yeah. Okay, but the Bumblebee's thing in these movies is they don't really—he doesn't talk. That's his gimmick. So I just thought it was kind of funny that he's the voice of Bumblebee. So I've never really seen a movie with him or a movie starring him as a lead before, and so I wasn't familiar with him. And I thought he was really charismatic and likable. There's definitely a reason why he's a leading man in these movies. Why they kept trying to, you know give him different franchises because he is really good. He's really likable. Yeah, it's he the is. Fifth wave, the fifth wave. I was just going to say that I looked it up too. It was <laughs> in 2016. Wave. Yeah. That's, is that a young adult? Is that a... Yeah. Yeah. It's a. Yeah. It, it's oh, like okay. four waves of increasingly deadly alien invasion. Blah, blah, blah. You, you get it. But... Uh, <laughs> um, you know what I mean. You know where it's going. But yeah, no. The, and this is a series of books because I, I think I bought it for my Kindle because it was on sale for like two bucks and I was like, oh, I might read this one day. So... Don't doubt me, well, Kevin. You, you know what? I know where you know him from, but there's no doubt now. Charlie oh. Brown, Blockhead's Revenge from 2011, the short. That's he played Charlie exactly. Brown. That's I knew it back I then. I could see him as being kind of a, a Charlie Brown. Yeah, especially you know. the way he plays it in this one, the way that yeah. he's so reserved and he's kind of the outcast or the, you know, not the quite lovable, the nebbish. But, the lovable loser type of guy, yeah. Yeah, he he. The way he plays it in this one, I could see him doing a more reserved type Charlie he, Brown. He's been kicked around for a while as being like people would like to see him as Terry McGinnis, okay, uh, from Batman that. Beyond. Yeah, I could definitely as like see a young, that. Uh, you know, and have Michael Keaton. Well, I think we're man. gonna get it. <laughs> We're going to get something like it. I don't know what we're going to get. If, we, we're get, get if something. we get an old man Bruce, then, I mean, old man Bruce isn't going to be out there. The no. Cape and cow. No. Yeah. I just I, I was like, oh, I could see that working. That'd be fun. That'd be cool. Uh, yeah. So I, this movie basically is um, the United, well, I guess the world launches nuclear weapons at an asteroid to knock it off course so it doesn't hit the earth. Is but a documentary? Process, it just sounds Boy, like something. It's a little too close. <laughs> shoot, shoot missiles at it. So it's an Armageddon yeah. sequel. Yeah, right. <laughs> that I would watch an art this as an Armageddon sequel. Um, but they apparently they forget to realize that the radiation would just come back to Earth. Uh, and or I guess the, does the radiation get trapped in the atmosphere? Either way, something, yeah. Because these missiles, blah blah blah. Hold on, monsters. I've got. Hold on, on. I've got Neil deGrasse Tyson. Let me. Yeah, yeah let let's me bring Mr. him. Mr. Fun just Killer. Wait a second. Uh, in in honor of we, Dylan O'Brien having played Charlie Brown, how about this? Monsters. Yeah, exactly. That's that's yeah, all you and need they create to know. monsters. So now yeah. now they live Big in this boom. society. Big bada boom. Exactly. <laughs> um, where monsters have basically taken over. As far as we know, just the United States. I don't think they ever talk about the rest of the world. I, well, I don't they, know why I mean, the the radiation would only affect the United States. No, it's just because I mean, they're in true. the U.S. and there's no word, yeah. there's no communication. I guess so they're not yeah. seeing it. But it's, it's because they know that no one's going to see this movie if it's written and spoken in <laughs> Belgian. <Yeah. laughs> uh, so, and he, our main character Joel, is kind of just 
there, right? Like he's the guy who he's not the fighter, he's not the scientist, he's not he's the cook. Well, let's be real. Cleans. Well, not Nerma. I was gonna say he's kind of Jesse Eisenberg in Zombieland, but even yeah. Jesse Eisenberg is kicking ass still. Yeah, but he like, at first he's kind of they get to the rules, but... and I was like, oh. all right, yeah. rule that when, when Michael Rooker starts giving him who looks very close to Tallahassee. Well, Michael uh, Rooker and Woody Harrelson look, are both bald and play those like gruff. But even his costume, like, he's wearing the hat I mean, and yeah. he's got, you know, so he kind of does look like Tallahassee. Okay. I mean, uh, th- I mean, okay, so they also steal from Stand By Me. Like there's a scene yeah. directly <laughs> taken out of Stand By Me. <laughs> I didn't catch yeah. it. What was it? When the when, leeches. He, when he comes out of the water with the leeches, uh-huh. that that's Will Wheaton's scene from oh, That's funny. Yeah, it's the exact same. I scene. haven't seen that in a long time. Yeah, when he reaches down to his underwear <laughs> and he pulls pull, out the leech, know, pull he out pulls blood. out the leech and it's covered with blood <laughs> and from he his junk. Out. And he's like, <laughs> "Yeah." But I was like, "All right," but I that's that's kind of my point. Is there's a lot of stuff that is oh, again, we've said it a billion times is when it's done right and it's in a good movie. You're like, "That yeah, was pretty slick." A lot it's of times, yeah. When a lot of guard, it is. I mean, if we say it a billion times, you better. We've done like a billion podcasts. (laughs) Or just what's the average in six hundred and twenty-two? A billion divided by six (laughs) twenty-two. That's a lot, math man. Every every few minutes, at least every couple minutes, we we remind you. We're always talking about it. (laughs) Uh, But when there are homages like that, because there is an homage to Zombieland, this is kind of a little bit of Shaun of the Dead. There's a little bit of Stand by Me. When they're done like that you can look at them and be like, all right, that's pretty slick. But when it's a garbage movie, you're like, ugh, be original. Well, it doesn't, I don't think it ever feels like a ripoff. That's what makes it different. No, 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 We've no, seen a lot of stuff. And as it happens, writers and people are influenced by things that are released and things that they love. And they start to make their own versions that may be, that may have little, like that remind you of things, but there's nothing in this movie to where you're just like, Oh, they, whatever did that. Or, you know, they're not blatantly ripping anything off. It's just that this writer probably loves all those things like we do. And so they think, Oh, that would make a funny thing or this. And they're pulling from, from ideas or concepts that may be reminiscent, but this isn't the dollar store DVD of trans morphers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's no blatant ripoff. It's got but, great yeah. poster art. Yeah. Uh, that's you know. Oh yeah, it's nice. I, did you it's stylized? Did sure. you see what the mm-hmm. budget was for this movie? I did. No, what was it? It's thirty million dollars. Oh my, that's God. ridiculous. See, that's so, what I'm saying. That's ridiculous for thirty million dollars. That I I take back everything I said about that CGI <laughs> for this thirty movie, million dollars. This movie looks amazing. No, I yeah, I thought. It, I, I mean, I already more, liked how it looked, yeah. but I was like, I was like, okay, the CGI is not the best, yeah. but like it works with the story and the tone. But like now, I'm like, you got it to look like that for thirty million dollars. Did they all the, do it for? Damn. Did everyone do it for free? Were they like, bringing sack lunches? That, like, I mean, what I mean it was just him. It was just him. <laughs> For the most part, right? But Thirty like million dollars should be like their part of their CG budget. That is right. nothing <laughs> for a, a major motion picture. And the fact that they paid everybody and had this many sets and yeah. the costumes—that's incredibly impressive. It really very. Do you think you think Rooker probably only worked what? Oh, a that's day? a couple days, a day and a half. Yeah, yeah, it's a week. I, I bet. When I saw Rooker, I thought he was kind of joining up because they they I became so close. 
I thought, oh, that's really cool. I didn't know Rooker was like in this movie, in this movie, but it was more of a training thing and then moving on. But then, I mean, and then you get him at the end. So it's like, if there's enough money mm. for a sequel, then you can <laughs> afford me for a whole movie. I like the stinger. <laughs> right. I like, I like that. It's like, yeah, you get Rooker and then yeah, put him in there. Okay. We'll see how it goes. But, I feel uh, like that stinger originally would have been a mid credit stinger. Yeah. Except. Oh, sure. Because it went to VOD. They were afraid people would just stop watching as soon as the credits started right i don't think to stay through credits as much with vod i i'm guilty of that to where we've watched something before and granted it wasn't a good movie but i'm like oh i turned that thing off as soon as <laughs> so not like this would fall into that because it was bad but when the credits roll on vod i just don't think we're not totally. trained like, i'm to done stick now. around that sucks that it only cost 30 million though because this i think this would have been a pretty big hit i think it would have been too i think this yeah right yeah. theaters it it could have especially because as I was watching it, I was like, if this movie comes out in first quarter, it would have been a hit. And it March 6th, mm. so that's right. Yeah, it would have been, been a big old Yeah, hit. I think it, right before people are starting to want anything? their summer movies, but they haven't yeah. ramped up yet. You know what yet? needs to happen, though? This needs to be a prime series or something. Someone needs to pick this up and turn it into a series where you can give it still that same like four to five million an episode budget and crank out a series. And this could be a huge hit series. Like, this could be as much as Game of the Game of Thrones and Breaking Bad. This could be a family, yeah, and it could be reach hit. more. This could be a family yes, show. It could, it's because again, they never feel the need to get aggressively adult with it. It's not no. that kind of movie, but it's still clearly enjoyable by us who watch all that other stuff. And and you know, there's nothing about this movie that seems kiddie. It's not ever yeah. dumbed down, but it's also not like oh, this is aggressively offensive. It's that perfect mix to where. Uh, you know, four quadrant hit type of a thing, and, and I think all would... the violence is against monsters. Like, right. so all there, the well, there is one. There's one scene where a dude you see it, but it's all in shadow. Yeah, well, that, where yeah. you see it, that, that dude get. If you don't eaten, see but it, that's, then right. It's, right. But and like, yeah, all the the whatever gore is in this movie is for the most part. You know, except for the leeches, maybe, but most of the gore is directed at monsters, and mm-hmm. so like nobody's going to get upset about that. You know? This is like a more family-friendly Walking Dead. This is like, yeah, this could be a competitor to that. And yeah, it could be huge. If ten or eleven-year-old me had seen this, this is that version of me's Monster Squad. Like, and I don't mean that as a bad oh, way, but like, you sh- except like good, it is good. There's a there's right, pl- right yes this is yes. good we're no we're agreeing we're on the same page like this is good so unlike Monster how do we go back in time so, yeah. and make that Joe <laughs> yeah. here watch. watch this real quick wow this is very good <laughs> Joe's like Joe's this? like I'm gonna write love and <laughs> monsters a romance <laughs> <laughs> I write a, I write a whole series but uh, yeah I think this is a I'm a little I'm not gonna lie I'm a little disturbed that Kevin if he had the ability to go back in time just make sure make sure the I first thing he wants monsters. to do. Is prevent you from watching Monsters? Do you realize like, there's a there's a lot we could work? I on. know, but do you realize that we have to do this podcast every week, and the influence Monster Squad has done to shape a young Joe Batisi's life? Like, think about how how much better. I was going to this... make a joke about maybe I wouldn't be on the podcast, but that might backfire on me at that point. <laughs> yeah, that can still be arranged. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just I just think like. This this is a this is a this is a gateway drug basically for monster movies. This is a super fun movie to introduce yeah. kids yeah. to, to get them like that next step. We've talked about movies that are like next steps for preteens. I and mean, teenagers. it only the, the only stuff that it's like the beginning of the movie, and again in the very clever tongue in cheek type writing. There, 
there's the sexual stuff off screen and this guy's oh, talking sure. about it but it, but no nudity you're not mm-hmm. actually seeing it you're not even seeing heavy making out or anything but it's oh, implied no, there's, some heavy, there's heavy making out with joel and his girlfriend in the car well yeah but i just mean like well, sex and then he scene. walks he walks by that other couple who are having sex but you just they're just kind of entwined it's not right, yeah, right, you, right, you right. never actually get like a sex scene sex scene with nudity or that heavy so there's nothing in it that that's strong of a you know what i mean where younger kids could watch I'm, it and you're not necessarily going to be afraid but i'm pretty sure that one monster whipped out his pee. <laughs> well yeah it's hard to tell because <laughs> some of them have occurred. multiple and it's like are those legs the one, or those the, the one did look like it ejected. it did yeah no it totally <laughs> not <gonna> did. lie <laughs> i took it back this is an extremely adults show this movie this is disgusting x-rated <laughs> Horrible. I need the people from uh, what is that uh, Angel Soft video? What are the people that clean up all the? <laughs> oh, I don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, <laughs> they take out all the dirty parts. Yeah. Where I was, I couldn't believe when uh, when Joel and Amy had the three way with that slug. <laughs> like that was. Well, you've seen Human was, Centipede, and it does it totally does explain different. why at the end. They got crabs. They did get crabs. <laughs> a giant, or at least one giant crab. <laughs> one, one giant crab. One giant mutated crab. Mutated crab, yeah. So that was from uh, the Caligula scene earlier. <laughs> yeah. The giant crab came out of that. Uh, so Joel realizes that he, his girlfriend and pre- his girlfriend previous to the, the, the mutation of everything, um, they got separated. So she's like, I don't know. They like basically twelve miles away uh, at one colony. Eighty five. What is it? Eighty five. Okay. She's eighty five miles. I was away. like, that's a that's a long way to walk. They only All say right. it twenty times in the movie, Joe. I don't blame uh, yeah, you for, was, for you know, Twelve, sure. We'll call it twelve. <laughs> the movie's title is officially "Love and Monsters." In eighty five miles, miles away. Miles away. <laughs> yeah. The incredible journey. Eighty seven miles. <laughs> the incredible uh, journey. <laughs> so he, he does have a dog. I mean, he, well, yes, yeah. that's true. Um. So he decides that he doesn't want to be in this colony anymore. He, he'd much rather be with, or he wants to be with Amy. Sure. And they've been talking via CB radio. and Just he, recently, though. So what I was really surprised about, that it was seven years. Yeah. It's a really long time. And because they're both young, you don't see the difference in age. And they don't need to really age them up because they were already young. But I didn't get that until they said it. And then it was like, oh, wow. Right. Okay. I thought they had just been separated while things get sorted out. It also tells you that the world's been in this disarray for seven years, which is a really long time. It's not because we see it happen. And like we see this world, then we flash back to how it happened, and and then we go forward again, and we find out it's been that long. So I guess it, what's cool about that is it also shows you how they have all these different colonies, how they're experienced and know how to fight different things and protect from different things. So you're ju- they jump into this established world, which I think is neat because you're not seeing a sort of origin story you don't have to see them figure it all out you jump into it and you already have these people that are good with weapons and good with fighting monsters and all that um but that also tells you that i mean in seven years a lot can happen and uh i like the naivete of joel and and he's a romantic and he wants to get back to his girlfriend and all that but when we get there it's also very understandable you know that sure. a lot can happen in seven years, and so I really like that it makes you think about that because in a in a movie that isn't in a cliched movie, the ones that we're talking about that we don't want to see just the cliches, but how this one gets so creative, 
And those movies, it would be like, you know, I'll do anything to get back to her. And then all of a sudden it's like, yay. And they run into each other's arms and fireworks go off and, and all that. And we've seen that a million times, but I really like how when we get there, we can talk about how it's, it, it kind of pulls the rug out from under you. And it's also why that, that's my only problem with this movie is in that's in any time in there. Why didn't she say something? Because like the radio cut of, off before she could. But there's he, all... I don't know about that. Yeah. Well, but he also says he never asked. I guess that's true. Yeah, he never does the, specifically ask. Like, And I think that... I, I like the undermining of that trope, right? Of like... Because, I mean, honestly, like, I was watching this with my, my wife and son, and we were... We were kind of teasing the movie the whole time, like as he's going on this journey, how she's going to get there and have be a like, boyfriend or be but, married, <laughs> but like a brother, right, right, right. You know, or yeah. you know, like let's just be friends, mm-hmm. or you know, and and so when you know, because it's like it's never really spelled out. He just assumes basically like you have so few options, and you used to like me, so I guess I'm still I'm still going to be okay and because he did. Let me go on this. Just because he yeah. did, and not that right. he necessarily had a choice, but still, he hung on for seven years and was like, right. I, you know, just thinking of her and all that. And not to say she didn't for a few months or a year, but again, in seven years, and when the hope dwindles, because that's that's what I mean when I say it's been that long. We don't really realize it, but they were out of contact for a really long time before he was able Got to the find her. Right. So I mean. It, He's he'd only been talking to her for a few well, weeks, that, so seven years minus a few weeks. And that's so. where when they did talk, it wasn't like, Oh my god, I missed you so much. Do you have a boyfriend? It was like, <laughs> you know, they talked for a very short amount of time and the communication is iffy. And on that last time before he finally says, I'm gonna go out and find her, they were disconnected and he's like, I can't I it clicked with him also looking around and everyone at his colonies paired up. You've right. got people in love, people doing it, keeping him up at night. Like everywhere around him, everyone they've got soulmates and he's lonely and thinking of her and so he just that was the last straw when they get disconnected he's like i'm gonna go find her and so there but if you think about it the fact that everybody else has soulmates it's kind of implied that it's like but so if he could have met someone else he probably still wouldn't be into right 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 he's still in love with amy so right he's still in love with amy because there hasn't been anyone else for him to fall in love with and so it's it's also, you know, it's if you really and it's not that kind of movie, but if you really want to map it out, like it's kind of insulting to her. No, totally. Like it's like yeah. He's he's into her because he doesn't have options. And so like so I, I did like the fact that it, it didn't. But go I don't this but like, I don't know, though. That's know. the thing. And that's where I think it's the character. And he's a really likable character. He didn't mm-hmm. have options, but I also don't know that he would. I think he would. I feel like he would wait for her as long as he still had hope. And that's what makes that character so lovable is that he's, you know what I mean? He's just so nice. And I I don't know. I, to me, I just felt like he would have waited for her forever. And I feel like she would have waited for him for like a year, which is a long time still. <laughs> she loved him, you know, but right. it's just like, especially in a, when, I mean, they tell you 95% of the planet has yeah, died at right. some point. So she like, can't, it's the wonder woman conundrum right i mean we've talked about this in other movies but more recently wonder woman at some point you move on and it's okay you're not expected to live the rest of your life pining for for someone you've lost and never move on you uh, you uh deserve happiness it's not like it was his wife it's a high school girlfriend right yeah right right. like that's exactly so but i like that a lot i like that his character you know kept the hope 
did all this out of love and and that's where he fall into this it's a very much a romance movie but he has to journey through monsters to get to her and lots get, of monsters and we get all these fun creative plays on animals and creatures in the wild that have been mutated by radiation so we do get it's very reminiscent of a harry house and giant monsters that look like other things and um yeah he goes he sets off and he fights against all of them and and you know he's not very good he has a freezing problem so <laughs> you know he kind of he gets helped out along the way when he meets rooker and, and rooker's companion rooker lost his son and then this girl lost her dad and so they found each other and now they travel together and uh you know they save him at one point at one point his dog i like i thought their relationship was great like with, between Joel and the, and the girl, I thought that was it was a very cute. Oh relationship yeah, 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 yeah. They form them. a good minnow. What's that? Minnow. minnow yeah, the, where yeah. she's kind of yeah. busting his balls throughout the yeah on the way home. Well, but, she's funny because she's very much an adult in a kid's body. Yeah, right. right. So the way she talks and the way we've. It reminded me of, we've seen that before, uh, you know, again, reminiscent, not a ripoff. But when you look at uh, that girl in uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, the actress, the way mm-hmm. she talks. Oh, sure, sure, sure. To, oh, yeah. To DiCaprio's DiCaprio, character. yeah. You know, she's very much that adult in a kid's body, wise beyond her years, old soul type of thing. And and she also, like, gives him crap, which is really oh, funny because yeah. she's, she's just I, I did, like, she's like, she's like, he's, she's not going to love you. And like she's, she's also like, and yeah. she also straight up is like, yeah, I only kept you around because I liked your dog. <laughs> you know, she says that. And he's like, well, thanks. But it's a very lighthearted, very entertaining way. It's not mean spirited. It's very funny. And that's no, the thing. No, yeah, right. It's, it's a brother sister kind of relationship. But in a more serious movie, saying things like that might be more mean spirited. But because of the tone of the film and it is so lighthearted and tongue in cheek you get like that's what you expect from this movie and so there's a lot of laughs from that type of writing and yeah she's busting balls the entire time but mm-hmm. they save her then he finds a uh, boy the dog where he's he names him you know like come here boy and uh <laughs> and they form a relationship and he saves him from monsters and so this guy's that constant- dog was great that dog was CG in a couple of those scenes, right? He was. I didn't know. This, I don't know. But I wasn't like, there's, there's a couple. I think so. When he was running under the monster, and, and there was a couple times where I was like, "That dog's running. He's oh. covering too much <laughs> yeah, ground." Yeah, he did not look okay. Yeah. It looked good though. I mean, again, in this movie, he looked better than the one from Call of the Wild. I'll tell you that. Oh, that's for that damn sure. It's just a travesty. <laughs> but and that's motion captured. Yeah. I, <laughs> What yeah. on earth? I, like, a, a major studio can't figure out how to. No, how to I CG totally get it. No, no. L- just to call the wild for call wild. It's not a dog call food. Is that sponsored by a, that, oh, that's a I dog food. But anyway, I guess it's a book too. So that's probably what the dog food. Yeah, it was a book. Yeah, first. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. A, it's a very <laughs> yes, famous yes. book. Is it Jack Kerouac or what? What's Jack, Jack London. London? That's right. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Not the travel guy. Um, so, yeah. I mean, they do travel. They do travel so it's... to be fair, but uh, I, but not on the point is for that movie. The reason that dog is CGI is because Harrison Ford is not going to do your movie the whole time and work with an animal that you have to like get takes take after take and make sure it's right. Like they're like, we got Harrison Ford. Yeah. You're going to pair him with a human and we'll put the dog in later <laughs> because you know, but uh, yeah, it is just such a weird thing. Oh, he worked with a Wookiee and that, that Wookiee you know, was very, I guess he was younger. Yeah, the, he couldn't make demands. Yes, exactly. It was early on in yeah. his career. The Wookiee was very established. I mean, they're hundreds of years old. So even though Chewbacca looked great, no gray hair or anything, he was still right. very <laughs> old. And, uh, yeah, and the Wookiee, he had a first look deal at CBS back then. Mm-hmm. A lot of people didn't realize that he just couldn't find the right pilot. For I him. know. I mean, he tried a holiday special. And then they got Han Solo. 
Boom. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> there you go. So, yeah, so he is, he being Joel, uh, who is, I, I only make the comparison to Shaun of the Dead is because the the characters are kind of similar where Shaun is kind of like the hapless loser uh, who comes into his own as the movie goes forward. Um, but that's kind of an archetype. That's a trope, but that's a, yeah, that, that's, that's zombie that's, land. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. that's the, it's the, that's a lot that's, of movies. That's, that's a relatable. Yeah. That's, that's, yes. you know, yes. it's the audience surrogate. If we were all thrown into a zombie apocalypse, I mean, Joe might have a couple, <laughs> a little more training, but still against zombies, against monsters, against crazy things, you know, you're not supposed to, we all know I would be dead. I mean, well, yeah, <laughs> no, Tom, just stay inside. I w- yeah, yeah, I wouldn't. That's if what COVID I do has anyway. taught us anything, it's, just stay inside. Yeah, the monsters are breaching the, the, what do you call them? The their place, their home bases. Yeah, the remember home the monsters are coming in, so yeah. not even you're not even safe at home. So, uh, but yeah, he's We've a never made it that long. He's a very relatable character, and so that's why you know he's the audience surrogate, and we we'd all be like helpless, and you're supposed to be able to relate to him, and uh, you know that's kind of just the character. Yeah. Um. So he. Is making his way through, like we said. Then he he meets up with Boy. Um, did that dress thing ever come back around? It didn't, and he I have to believe that like was the was, girl's dress. You're like you were gonna meet whoever owned. Yeah, the, same. I yeah. thought for sure we we were gonna meet the owner of that. And it's dog. a very sweet yeah. thing. Like I really appreciate how the dog was so attached to his owner's dress, and I think it worked very well for what it was. But you just in the back of your mind were like, oh, he's eventually gonna, oh, he's gonna bring that dress because he had the scent or whatever, and he was gonna bring it to the owner. And I thought maybe even he wouldn't fall in love with the main girl, like she would be in a relationship, kind of like we found out, but she would already be in one, and yeah. he would fall in love with that girl. Oh, you you found the, you found Fido or whatever the dog's real name is. You know, I'm kind of writing it in my head, and that they would have a relationship. You yeah, know, they, it could have. Yeah. But they do a great job of giving that dog like character motivation. Yeah. You know, like yeah. th- which is crazy to say without having him have like Bradley Cooper's voice or yeah. something, but to to be able to come across that that dress or whatever, I guess it was a dress. I thought yeah. it was like a cape at first, but I guess it was like a a, a dress is insane. No, not every red piece of cloth is a cape, why? Joe. Why? Why is it not a cape? Why? Why? <laughs> He's not I looking for Clark Kent. I don't make the rules. Clark I Kent guess. would have been fine in this world. It's, no, it's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, but I do like that, you know, when the, when they, when he falls into the river and the, and the, uh, oh no, I'm sorry. When they're, when they're being chased by the, by like the, the queen slug, mm. uh, which is a great scene where, Joel kind of like does almost like an action movie thing where he is going to pop the pin on this grenade, but then he drops it and he forgets <laughs> the count. So he doesn't know how long he actually has, but he like leaps backwards in super slow motion and blows up uh, this slug like tremor style. Oh, um, I love tremors so much. Oh yeah, it's great. Do you, was that, so did Rooker give him that before they parted ways? I think so. Cause I, he gives him a good day. He's like, can I get more of those? And he's like, no, you get <laughs> no, one. You get one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and of course I he nails it. it. And I do like that he, that underneath like the timid nature, he has these skills, right? Like he, he well, because kills. they train him. I don't. Th- I mean, he doesn't really have that many skills. He spends a lot of time with Rooker and Minnow. Yeah. And I like that, you know, he's horrible, but they train him and he's with them long enough to where he actually does get the skills. He's not necessarily tested, but we right. see him when he does get out in the field on his own. Those what, kills his training the giant, the giant centipede, which was really cool. Like, yeah. that was a cool looking one. And then the, the giant slug, which he blows up. But mm-hmm. then, so like the, the red dress falls into the river 
and the I'm sorry, that's not right. The red dress is like further away, and that causes the giant slug to attack. So Joel gets super pissed because the dog like kind of turned. He Joel kind of feels the dog screwed him over because he well because the dog's making noise right right the trying to get the dress quiet. yeah um and but it's just like the that dress is so important to that dog yeah. that it'll do anything to get it you know and he's also a dog he's also a dog right so it's like you know it's i mean it's understandable you know joel's human he's in a life-threatening situation i think we can all understand the frustration us as the audience we're sitting back and like dude He's a dog. You know, we're logically thinking about it. So, again, I don't think it's like a, anything that would make you hate Joel or. No, no it's no, very no, no, understandable. No. But it is also, you know, he is getting really mad at this dog. And this dog, his owner in that dress means everything to him. Even though Joel and him do have a great relationship, you understand why he would want to rescue that. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, we should also say that this entire time that Joel is keeping like a, a detailed illustrated log of monsters and plants and everything um, to. To, just for his own record at that point. Um, so that is a thing that he is constantly doing. He sees some berries that may or may not come back into play mm, later. Chekhov's he, berries. That's right. That the dog says, you know, gives him the heads up, like, don't eat those. Like, that. those are bad. Um, so he makes Wow, it. he even trained the dog to talk. I said Bradley Cooper the, in this movie yeah. is fa- No, I'm just <laughs> uh, So he ends up making it to the colony. No, I'm sorry. He gets... he The leeches have... Uh, like a psychotropic effect, so he starts to pass out, and he oh, realizes they're like poofs. They Joe are like get, poofs. Joe, Joe. <laughs> I saw that movie. You did? Yeah. I just couldn't do the podcast because I had a. Oh, okay. I had the the stomach flu that was running that through great? my house at that. That was a great movie. I, I I wanted to say that somebody on the board was like, "It's on Hulu now," and I was like, "It was always wasn't it always on Hulu?" Well, not at first. No, not when we. Not. Oh, okay, okay. Let's look at our VOD ledger. Nope, I know. It wasn't what was the on one it? on Hulu that we watched? Oh, I don't the know. The Andy Sandberg one. Oh, that was always that's a Hulu yeah, movie. Okay, yeah. okay. But Save Yourselves, yeah. that's one of my favorite movies of the year. It was very I good. Really it was liked very, very it. Good. That see that writing is like this writing. See, very the, much so. Very, very much so. Very much that quirky, tongue in cheek, very modern sensibility. That that style of humor is great. And so if you like this movie and you like Dora, which I know that sounds weird, but again, Dora was we, a great movie. I know, but it's like I think for most of our listeners, they would kind of be like, What? Like I'm not watching Dora. Give that movie a chance because Dora yeah is written and directed by the guy that did the new Muppets movies, who is also the guy in a comedy troupe with the Flight of the Concords guys, Correct. Jermaine and Brett and, and Taika Waititi, were all in New Zealand comedy troupe. So they have roots in a lot of really great stuff. And so, you know, Muppets, which I know that Muppets kind of transcends and we grew up with them. But, you know, these, this guy's doing these kids' movies, but also putting the spin on them, and they're really good. So Dora, Muppets, this movie... They all share that kind of in common. So if you like one of their sensibilities, their sense of humor, you're going to like any of these. Yes, I completely agree. Um, well, I don't know how to break it to you, Kevin, but I mean, there's a good chance a lot of our listeners grew up with Dora, too. Yeah, that's a, that's a fair <laughs> that's point. Possible. That's possible. <laughs> Make you feel old. It's, I mean, it's it's 22 years that's old. That's crazy. No, that's true. Man. I just don't know if all of them would be like... like I don't know. Is Dora, does that have the nostalgia? Like, if you grew up with Dora, I just don't know if you're like, I'm too old for that now. Like, would you actually go back and have like a Scooby Doo level nostalgia? I don't know. Maybe you would. I'm just saying, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's hard to say. Because one is like a Blues Clues learning type show, I feel like. Right. Which is different than just a sit in front of a Saturday morning cartoon goofy story. You know, so I don't know that they share the same, but 
I totally could understand that somebody, some of our listeners probably do. There's somebody that is yeah. Adora fanatic. But there's also so many toys associated with shows like mm-hmm. that that I think, you know, people can still, you know, the, I get what you're yeah. saying that it's not as. I would say it my, does, my daughter walks not, around with a It's not a strictly doll. narrative. Yeah. It's not a strictly narrative thing like like a Scooby-Doo or a Speed Racer when I was a kid. But, but, uh, if I have to watch, but if I have I think, to watch Blippy one more time. Yeah, but kids will interact with the toys, mm. so I think that maybe gives it a, a leg up. But Dora, that movie is fantastic, and it's so <laughs> weird that we went. Like I remember going to see it in theater. Brad Hyen, I I can mention him, right? That's you can still talk about him, just not read his name. Yes, he still he, exists. Yo, he's yeah. okay. <laughs> but I remember that uh, that I'm like, I like we got to watch this movie for the podcast, and, I, and it was me and Katie and Brad went to see this movie. Us three adults in this theater of families. <laughs> At and, least I got to take my kid. Like that was. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I mean, I could have, but. I think I didn't have them that weekend. And that's especially where I'm like, well, this is weird. Let's bring more people. This is just <laughs> uh, But anyway, I remember how weird it was. And then we watched the movie and we all absolutely loved this movie. And we're like, okay. You know, it's just such a weird thing that we didn't even think we would like. No, I, I think I think all of us thought going into that. It was like, oh, it's just yeah. like, all right, live action kids movie, whatever. Yeah. Then you walk out, you're like, damn. That, and this, was just, just, this was the same way. Yeah. Well, but I mean, but this. I love when a movie... <laughs> can transcend its, yes. its genre yeah. like that and like you know like another one that was like that for us that we we knew that movie wasn't for us but we were all like damn that was good was cinderella oh ab- you know? oh my god my wife and my kid loved that movie so that's much a great, that's one of the best disney live actions still like yeah top tier easily it's so good because they did that thing again where it's not a straight remake. They 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 add more. They kind of did their own thing to the family. They they show the father yeah. more. They show more of the you know her growing up and add, add more to the story. And I mean, it's kind of is that Lily James? Yeah, yeah, Lily James, who's one of the most charismatic and delightful actors out there. So it just yeah, that's not a great Mama movie. Mia. Well, she is the saving grace. <laughs> no, in my, I don't like that second movie. People love that second movie. First oh, of they all, do? which is shocking. Yeah, oh. people love it. I hated that movie, but she is the saving grace of that movie. Like anytime she's on screen, she's just delightful. So movie, is Dylan O'Brien. Good. Sure, yeah, yeah no. <laughs> that, he has that thing though. He has that quality, he does. right? Yeah, yeah. To where he has that that thing, like actors like Lily James, The Rock. Dylan O'Brien's got that it factor to where they're just likable. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's hard to put your finger on, but when they show up on screen and they have that thing where you are instantly, no matter what the characterization is, and it's good in this movie, but you just, before you even know the character, you you sense that I'm going to like this character. That Teen Wolf show yeah. is garbage. It's terrible. Yeah, I never But watched. when you see him as <laughs> Styles, you're like, oh, so they got one character right. He's like, is he, he the reboot of uh, Whose Line Is It Anyway? No. <laughs> <laughs> but so if he you plays ever, Ryan Stiles? Yeah, he plays Ryan Stiles. It's a very interesting. I could see it. No. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, Stiles is like the, the cool I, best No, friend. I don't know anything no, you never about saw the You never saw no. Teen Wolf the movie? No. I, I, you know what? Are you serious? Mu- I grew up in that era. I've never oh, seen it's based on the Teen movie? Wolf movies. Yeah. Is like Michael J. Fox? Yeah. No, yeah, I've never but seen like that. like a serious You've never seen Teen Wolf? No. That's crazy pants. I haven't either. Yeah, he's older. Yell at him. Yeah, like, I'm the one you should be yelling <laughs> he at. He was on cable it. all the yeah, time. I, and I love Michael J. Fox, but the movie looked really oh stupid. Oh, my God. It's so, so much fun. It. it is so fun. I, uh, I'm just not a fan of Teenage Wolves. I just <laughs> never have. 
no races. no teenage wolves the babies you, huh? the babies are cute when they're adults they know what they're doing just the teen <laughs> ones are just they don't become annoying. wolves until they hit puberty there's a whole scene in the movie about it that's what i'm saying i don't want to watch a bunch of prepubescent wolves <laughs> running around you know doing their i'm smoking behind the bleachers we, we found our halloween movie for 2021 that's <laughs> that's where we're going i don't want to uh, you know give me the wolves when they're grown up they've got jobs they're they're members of society like the, like the wolf man from uh, hotel transylvania yeah with, like, i want yeah with a family yeah, right, and the right. responsibility yeah, i don't want the teen ones are annoying they're cute as babies but god when they start driving watch the mtv out. one is is very annoying you're right it's terrible they don't drive they ride on top of cars yeah and i know that exactly thank you tom it was that's all the like commercials. That's what I'm saying. That's even <laughs> which more, is why I didn't go see. That's even more it. annoying. Get in the car, Wolfie. <laughs> nope. It's it's never mind. This I'm is pretty whole... sure Kevin. I'm pretty sure Wolfie is a slur. <laughs> oh, okay. I think you shouldn't be using. I have fr- the I have friends word. that are wolves. Oh, so oh, it's fine. If, oh, worse. now yeah. That's even thanks worse. for qualifying it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, back to and this movie. scene. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so he gets to the he gets to Amy's colony. They have a very awkward interaction, and then we're immediately introduced to uh, this Australian naval captain who has this yacht off in the is he off the like, coast? N- uh, not Hemsworth. I know. I <laughs> because he's the, he's, the, he's a cousin. He's like, uh, yeah, he's a cousin. Yeah, he's like. I was like, if this got... movie had, if this movie had money, he would be Chris right. Hemsworth. No, no. <laughs> if this movie had money, he'd be Liam Hemsworth. <laughs> <laughs> no, he'd be the Hemsworth from Westworld. No, 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 that's no, but that's Luke Hemsworth. Like he, this one isn't even like you said. This isn't even Luke Hemsworth. This is the cousin, not a brother. But he's like a. <laughs> <laughs> he'd be the Hemsworth from The Good Place. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Uh, so it, it, you know, they, he has this plan and Amy is deciding to go along with it. So they have this big, uh, kickoff party. This is kind of where we get the scene where, um, Amy kind of says that she lost somebody not too long ago. And, uh, the Dylan, Dylan, not Joel is kind of barking up the wrong tree. Yeah, with, th- with this is plan. the scene that we talked about earlier that I want to touch upon that I really like this because, it's not mean spirited and it's not no. it's not unbelievable this would happen. They lived in two separate worlds, two separate lives. He never got matched up with anyone. He kept the hope alive. He's a hopeless romantic. Totally cool, totally understandable. She, on the other hand, waited for him for a while, but like Tom said, when most of the population is gone and then you're in this situation, especially in a life endangering situation, that can you know, people fall in love under circumstances like that all the time. And she's dealing with her colony and she fell in love and met someone like that's not a knock against Joel. That's just life playing out. And so the fact that this would happen and now she's lost someone and she's not ready to move on is totally understandable. Absolutely. Yeah. And I also think I I think that it's I, I like that we're seeing more movies deal with stuff like this that that, you know, that the the happy ending isn't necessarily finding love you know and so i i like the fact that one that they 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 don't get together and she's like but yeah like i i moved on like lives for living and then also um i think it's good uh modeling for society for the younger people that are watching the movie to watch this guy have a very appropriate reaction like if this movie was was 30 years ago it would be I'm going to do something to win the day yes. and win her heart back. Right. And instead, he's just like, oh, well, that sucks, but I get it. 
and and he doesn't do anything that we would think of through a modern lens is is creepy. No, no. no. he's heartbroken, you know? but he doesn't yeah. force. And that's okay. Yeah, he doesn't force himself to, or, you know, try to force her to fall in love with him. Right. Uh, it, yeah, it's it's a very refreshing. Even at the end, they work together, and he kind of, you can see his stock. Correct. Kind of shoots up in this world, and y- y- they even see a scene where you, you can kind of see that, like, she has a respect for him. And there is the, the kiss at the end, but it's never like, but now they're together. Right. It was. It's more of a, like, this could have been, and we still and like it still each can other, be. but it's not. Right, yeah. like and it, also, they kind of, they, I hope they kind of lead on. That I hope going they to the, don't. If if they get more movies, I hope they don't put these two together. I hope I I kind of want the I don't know. I guess I've always been a fan of like the Ross Rachel kind of thing, where they like float around each other, but nothing. But it doesn't have to happen. If 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 they had ended it on bad terms, if something had happened bad, and they just put them together. I could understand it, but they leave it open to where I, I don't think if they did eventually get back together, eventually that it would undermine anything because they both had very understandable reasons like for, for them not being together was a very right. understandable circumstance. And so she still cared about him clearly, and she just wasn't ready to move on, but I could see her eventually being ready. And you know, I don't know. They don't have to get together, but if they did and it wasn't rushed or just like the beginning of the next movie, then I think it could work. Yeah. Like, like I said, yeah, like, I w- let them float around each other or be in this world together without them being together uh, as a couple and just kind of build that tension. Right. Like that's that. That's the but that's he one should of the meet that he should meet boys owner. That's I think yeah, that could that's work. the story. Yeah. No, and that, then have have her kind of you know the, the dog like, still damn. carries the dress. Maybe they even make the dog still has the dress, right? They never lose it or just he does not correct. well. No, he does not have the dress when he come when he shows up at the end of the movie. He does not have the dress. Okay, but they never show it destroyed. Like they no could, no no. Okay, so what they do is that they end up making a vest or something for the dog, or you know the somehow the dress is always with the dog and it's kind of just there floating around. Um, and call me producers if you want, but um, <laughs> the but so the dog has it and it's kind of a side thing there, or whatever. And then like halfway, a third halfway through the next movie, that the she's at she's at one of the reserves she or whatever. she sees the dress or something yeah. and then boy runs but up she to wouldn't her need to see the dress she's she the, the dog yeah. no no well, i know i just could, i just gonna recognize your own no, dog. No, no, no i just mean like off screen like it, it's not as obvious as like somehow they stumble upon each other yeah. and then it's like oh my god and then like where's the dog and then they have a meet cute and then they have a relationship and maybe even the main girl what's the main girl in this amy. movie's phoebe amy okay. amy Amy, 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 yeah. I'm like, what, Phoebe? Amy, maybe even <laughs> she's around, but he doesn't just get back with Amy because they had a thing. Like, that's, you know, that is what it was. That's the Ross-Rachel thing, right? Like, Ross right. pines after Rachel the entire time, and as soon as Rachel's ready to make it happen, he walks off the plane with Exactly, the and so now there's this new thing, and so maybe she's even the periphery, but I think I think the, the dog's owner with the dress thing, it was such a huge bot point of the first one. I would love for that <laughs> to come back and play. And meet that character. I will. I will also say the gal who plays Amy was the say, was the only shining star uh, in Iron Fist. Oh, she was in Iron Fist. She was the love interest in Iron Fist. I checked she, out of that show quick, as well. You should have. I couldn't he, do it. Danny Rand is one of my top 
10 favorite characters of all time, so I stuck with it throughout the entire that thing. That show was it's so, terrible. so trash. So oh, bad. but I heard people were like in the season two or whatever, like, oh, the fight choreography is better. I'm like, I, no, no, I'm not. It wasn't I any can't. better. No, it's so bad. <laughs> so that's um, Jessica Henwick is the actor. Yes, who and plays... she's, I liked her. She's really good. Oh, she's Nymeria Sand in uh, Game of Thrones, it says, from 2015 to 2017. Oh. I didn't recognize her from... I, oh, but also, shit. Game of Thrones is like in the dark, and people are in lots of outfits <laughs> but also and stuff. beheadings and dragons. And I've also knows? blocked that from my memory. <laughs> yeah. So there's that. 2012. You don't have to block that one. That one's okay. What you want to block like 2014 or 2015? No, 2015 to 2017 is. Her oh, then yeah, you should appearance. block that out. Never mind. I no, that back. whole show is on my block <laughs> list. I get it's a whole other story. Uh, yeah. So they he gets there. He realizes that the the. As he's making the call, he being Joel, to his old colony saying he's going to come home, one of the folks from the new colony sets down like this beer and berries, and Joel looks at the berries and realizes these are the poison berries from before. So he runs out there, and everybody is having a wonderful time, uh, tripping complete balls, uh, very drunk, and because Joel didn't drink or eat the berries, he's totally sober and gets punched in the face, and we find out that uh, in a coup if you will yeah uh <laughs> the the sea captain and his and his friends are actually just steal uh, one of the best running gags of this movie the food is when the you food knew that gag. was gonna come back oh yeah it was it, pretty the, to steal why does it happen think i'm stealing food like three times for the movie like every time where why aren't you with your colony did you steal did food you steal food as <laughs> soon as they kept doing it i go someone's going to have steal stolen food they're going to run into a character that actually has yeah that, sea it, captain stealing yeah, food it, it came out perfectly but yeah, yeah i like that a lot uh so they're going to kill everybody, and it turns out that the yacht is actually powered by a giant monster crab. This makes that, sense, because I'm like, how are they powering this it's a good one in this day and age? Oh, they've got a giant crab that they have. Uh, I, I like that a lot, because that's the first thing I thought, too. I'm like, where are they getting fuel, <laughs> fuel for, for this giant it's yacht? smart. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And the crab has, a, like, Frankenstein-style bolts uh, into the side of his head where the... Frankenstein. The, Sorry, yes. No, this way. Walk this way. <laughs> uh, where the, the sea captain can like push a button and it shoots a, an electrical current and that pisses him off. Um, so we get a big fight scene on the beach where uh, Joel takes down the giant crab in spectacular fashion. Again, like showing that he actually has these skills of he can Using everything he's learned along everything, the way. Yeah, and... exactly. Uh, the sea captain gets defeated, which I think was a great scene. You know what's I great? Guess, you know what's great here real quick, though? Even though he does all this and Amy clearly respects it and says, thank you so much. You were great. Blah, blah, blah. She never goes, oh, hey, Joel. She's, she's never infatuated. Right. With yes. They do. never make yeah. it like, oh, well, now that you've been tough and strong like right. the captain, now I'm in love with you. You know, they never do that thing. Like she is reeling from the loss of her, like the guy that she loved. They never set it up like, oh, I've just moved on or I don't like you as much as this other guy. And now that you're tough and alpha, I'm going to be with you. I, I just, again, it's written so smartly to where they don't play into those tropes. And also like that wouldn't make any sense. Like she fell in love with this guy, the old the mousy way. guy. She doesn't need, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, like that's that's the guy she fell in love with. So it's not like a, one of those movies where she sure. never liked the guy and then he does something and now she realizes who he really is. Like, which is also kind of dumb. <laughs> but, uh, but that she already loved this dude at one point. Yeah. So she doesn't need that moment. It's no. dumb, but you know it is a trope, and I think the reason it is mm-hmm. is because as humans we are programmed to uh, for survival, and so a mate that can 
fight for you you know like in in like going back to caveman senses it's just your brain is programmed to someone that can take care of you feed you fight defend you whatever i think that's why in those movies that trope even exists because it's like oh this person's strong and can take care of me and it's not it's just a a human type thing so whereas i get that that's a played out trope i get why it exists too just in you know historical sense i guess or biological sense so one of the lessons that uh not tallahassee taught uh joel is that sometimes you just got to look these things in the eyes and like you can tell if they're aggressive or if they're not aggressive uh so as joel is about ready to shoot this giant crab in the face he looks it in the eyes and his eyes kind of have like a a fear uh slash pain to them and he realizes he being joel that he's just hurt like he's hurting because he's got these electrical bolts in his head so he uh, shoots. What did I, he shoots something that knocks off the. What did he shoot? Well, he shoots was it like the, the, oh, the chain. Cannon, the chain. Yeah, the which is another 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 uh, tr- uh, training montage that Minnow taught him was to just breathe through and you know take your time. And he shoots the chain, and of course the uh, this disconnects the electrical charge, and he goes after the boat. And I do like the. The other, like the the second in command on the boat, says, "We're gonna die. That's it. We're gonna die." And <laughs> yeah. of course, it, the the crab attacks the boat and drowns it. He just starts eating the three of them, just like, <laughs> yeah. boop, just but like, you never see it, right? Like we talked about that. Well, you, in the it's mouth, definitely yeah, just, implied, yeah. but you never see it. At, you never see somebody go into the mouth. You don't see the like violence. That. You see like the crab right. from the back and the arms yes. putting the person in the mouth, but Correct. you never see the teeth no blood, going no on. like yeah. splurts of blood or anything like that. Um, so this is where Dylan, good lord. Joel basically says, I've got a plan. I have to get back to my colony. Um, I'll see you later. And they have, you know, the I'm going to if I leave now and don't kiss you, I'm going to regret this. That's not a line. That's just the montage that they're doing. (laughs) Uh, Gives her the big old smooch. And then he leaves with with boy to go back to his colony. Leave her wanting more. That's right. That's right. Pull a Seinfeld and go out while you're (laughs) on top. Uh so he gets back to his colony. It's a it's a massive uh, reunion. They're all happy. They cannot believe this kid survived. That was a sweet days. moment on the radio with them too. You know, yeah, like, they're all. Ha- I thought it, so. There was a moment where I was like, "Oh, he ate a berry, and it's all an hallucination." No, yeah, I was wondering if they were doing that at one yeah. point when they find him in the in the woods. Right, I right, was right. like, "Are we doing the <laughs> thing where the?" But I really, really liked the. I mean, the movie has a good lesson, and you know, and it may be basic, but I think it's a very nice lesson. You know, he left his family, his quote unquote family. Because he didn't have, he didn't feel like he was getting the love that he wanted. He didn't have a romantic relationship, but he left a whole bunch of people that loved and cared about him. And it didn't matter that he wasn't the best fighter and the fact that he basically just cooked for them and fixed things. You know, like that was his purpose of the, at the colony. But they, as a person, they all cared about him. But he left that to go find love that he didn't even know would be there or still. Well, we didn't still... mention that it looks like he'd been with this colony for seven years. Like it looks like right. the people that when his when his parents are squished by the monster in the car. Yeah. Um, this group of people pick him up like immediately. Yeah. Like he's standing there watching his the goo of his parents leave this monster's foot, and these folks in this truck pick him up and take him in the truck. And if you look at those people in that truck, like it's the same people right. from the colony. That's why they've, I mean, they've been together a long time and they became his family once he lost his. And so 
they he left them to go chase after a love he didn't even know existed and while commendable and while i can appreciate the romantic nature and everything but he did kind of just be like this is enough for me i'm gonna go try to chase after this love when right there at the colony he had a family and so i like the way that he discovers that along his journey and when he calls them and realizes wow there are all these people and it was really sweet how they were all genuinely excited and it wasn't mean-spirited even though they knew that he wasn't that impressive a fighter or whatever but like it was really sweet the way they were genuinely excited and surprised like dude you made it this far you, you, you made this. it 14 and days 14 like, days out there by yourself. seven yeah seven wasn't it on the seven way back and forth right yeah but he didn't go back at that but like in the call it was seven oh days sure sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yes i'm sorry so it was just a really sweet moment between them and i i like the lesson that he learns where it's like you know don't don't forget what you have even though you're chasing after this other thing you know he had this whole family that loves him and i like the fact that once he realizes that's where i need to go back to and he doesn't just say oh well you know i still want to pine after or try to convince amy that yeah you know that we should be together it's like no i'm gonna go back to my family and he does and it's a nice reunion and uh it's it's just a really nice sweet ending to yeah yeah so he the the final part of this movie is he takes everything this whole adventure he kind of records it uh and then like the voiceover we've been listening to the whole time as his narration is actually a tape he's been recording to teach the world how to live on the go back out into the world and fight monsters and 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 which live. i like i think that's yeah. a cool little Th- this is kind of like what it could turn into and i don't know if they would go this direction but if they wanted to they could really turn this into kind of a how to train your dragon type thing sort because of since he made friends with the giant crab and they had that relationship it's not like all monsters are automatically going to be bad if radiation changed totally, a bunch, that, that's the that's the tallahassee line right where he says you got to look him in the eyes because they do have that one encounter right. where they just stare at him and the monster's like all right Right, like this, the the mountain snail or whatever. Like that's that's the thing that I'm saying it, that makes perfect sense too. Is that radiation hits a bunch of monsters? Not all animals are ferocious or going to be right. bad, and so they could really team up and learn which ones can help you ultimately, and they could start living in you know in unity with them and you know riding them or helping build things and so i could see them rebooting society with monsters uh and also fighting the bad monsters and it could the that's why it could be a series and it could really go off in this whole direction and there's a lot of potential here yeah yeah agreed yeah so they i guess that uh joel tells everybody to go to the mountains because that's where uh rooker and the little girl are headed because it's harder for the monsters to get to get up that high um and that's the all the colonies are kind of starting to empty out and go up to kind of rebuild like to kevin's point to rebuild civilization uh so and that's kind of how it ends and you get the nice little stinger with rooker and the little girl where they're just like think you made it nah (laughs) you know so uh this i i was this was great it's really fun it's worth paying for it's worth every penny um like we said it's not something you can watch with the whole family it's it's you know this doesn't look like quarantine or lockdown is coming to an end anytime soon so anytime you get a little a good little gem like this that that creeps in there i think that's pretty fantastic i will go as far as to say even if quarantine was over you could still enjoy this nice little movie <laughs> <laughs> this is not just it's not for quarantine on quarantine this, this yeah, is I a feel- fun movie I feel bad. I feel like the, for the makers of this movie, it sounds like it's it's doing as well as can be expected in in a VOD 
ecosystem. But I, I really think had this movie come out theatrically, they this would have been a breakout hit that would have surprised a lot of people. When this hits uh, Netflix or Amazon or one of the actual, who knows, maybe TikTok will be the next streaming platform. <laughs> but they bought Quibi. Yeah, it, yeah, and turned it into a movie network. But no, seriously, when this hits Netflix, this is going to have a second life. I don't know when it will be. It just hit Blu-ray, so like, yeah. it's worth a buy. Go out and see it however you rent or buy or whatnot. But mark my words, when this hits the we main... You might be able to like, rent it anywhere because Family Video just closed. Well, streaming. Most people rent, you can streaming. rent streaming. It was five <laughs> bucks on streaming. Yeah. Seven, eight if you want to do UHD. But when this eventually gets picked up by whether it's HBO or if it goes to one of the Netflixes or Amazon... This will be one of those second life gems to where it's like, oh, my God, you know, which maybe that success will spur one of those networks to be like, oh, we could make a series out of this. You know, it might not happen right away. But when this is rediscovered and I hate to talk about like that, it's just that since it didn't have the wide release and like Tom was saying, it's unfortunate. But when it when it does. I, people are going to love this movie. It's going to become yeah. one of those, uh, like, I don't want to say cult favorites, but it's going to be become a favorite of a lot of people to watch. I would agree. I, I absolutely. So, uh, well, anyway, I guess uh, that's it for this one. Let's go around the virtual table, and everyone can say where to find them. This is Joe. You can follow me on the Twitter at Joey Butts B U T T S twenty one. This is Kevin. Follow me on Twitter at Kevin R Bracket. And this is Tom. You can follow me on Twitter at Roger Kubert or on Facebook at Facebook dot com slash Tom O'Keefe. You can find the show online Facebook dot com slash Real Spoilers. While you're there, like the page, join the group, and of course, uh, wherever you're getting your podcast from, be sure and subscribe so you never miss an episode. And uh, of course, our Patreon, patreon.com slash real spoilers, five bucks a month. You get all sorts of bonus content and you help us out, and we're grateful. So uh, that's it for this one. Coming up next week, we will tackle Promising Young Woman. So until then, uh, Julie saves R from a pool. Get ready for a spoiler. Won't say it twice because we already Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.